Welcome to the In His Image podcast, a series from Christian Concern with me, Paul Huxley, and Ben John. We'll be looking at questions raised by the book In His Image by Stephen McCoyd and seeing from the Bible how God's design for humanity is good news for individuals and society. Welcome back to the In His Image podcast. In this episode, we're going to be looking at Christian cultural engagement and what kind of a Christian voice there needs to be in today's secular democracy. Paul is going to read for us from Matthew 5. So this is verses 13 to 16, and Jesus is speaking. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So we're going to look at, from this passage, what do Jesus' images of salt and light teach us about our responsibility as Christians in a fallen world? You might want to pause and reflect looking at these passages. So Paul, what do Jesus' images of salt and light teach us about our responsibility as Christians in a fallen world? So the context of this passage is Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, which is pretty famous. The bit just before this is called the Beatitudes, where he says, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are those who mourn, blessed are the meek, and so on. Um, And just after this, he goes on to talk about the law. And it's really interesting that it's in this context that he says, you are the salt of the earth. I think that the picture of salt is particularly about that phrase, if the salt loses its saltiness. So some people talk about salt as being important as a flavouring um, in, the, in the ancient world or as a preservative, which is true. But what Jesus talks about here is the possibility of losing its saltiness. Now, Jesus has just talked about what his followers are like. They're poor in spirit. They mourn. They're meek. They hunger and thirst for righteousness. They're merciful. They're pure in heart. They're peacemakers. Um, and they're going to be persecuted because of righteousness. And so he's, he's just explained that his followers are different from the rest of the world. And so I think that's one way to understand that. When we're thinking about being salty Christians, um, yes, that means being different from the world. And it means being different in our character. It does mean behaving uh, like Jesus' followers. Yeah, I think that's really interesting, particularly that point about being reviled. I mean, obviously, there are other passages in the New Testament that talk about the world seeing our good works and, you know, and we being without blame. But um, the reality is, is that all these things are kind of held not in tension, but are harmonized together. And so we shouldn't therefore be upset when or be surprised when because of faithfulness, because of being salt and light, that the world hates us or the world reviles us. I think sometimes we interpret salt and light to mean just oh, it's about um, serving the community in such a way that the world will like us. But the reality is, is that sometimes being salt and light means opposing the world because we're living for Jesus. And so I, I think we need to realise that, that being salt and light can sometimes be 
impressing the world, of course, you know, and oftentimes through our work and caring for the poor or uh, these kinds of fighting justice issues, of course. Uh, but in other ways, it's going to be fighting or speaking into the issues that the world opposes us on. And we need to be prepared for that. We've got to be doing this in the power of the Spirit by clinging on to Christ. Yeah, and the other bit of context to this passage is what immediately follows, which is where Jesus very strongly upholds the law of God. So he says, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. And it goes on to say, verse 19, Therefore, anyone who sets aside one of the least of these commands and teaches others accordingly will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. So he upholds the importance of God's teaching, God's moral teaching, which he then goes on to outline even more. Um, And he is upholding God's pattern for our lives and saying this is important. Um, And so when we are shining our light before others, um, as he's just said in You Are the Light of the World, and he, he's asking us to shine our light before others. Some of that is our teaching of the law and upholding the law, both in our lives by living in line with the rest of the Sermon on the Mount, um, but also in not doing down God's moral teaching and not saying that it's of no importance. Yeah, certainly. I think that's why those episodes uh, that we discussed, these earlier episodes four to seven, where we looked at that need for moral foundations and, and the Ten Commandments. And I think we as Christians have lost that understanding about the goodness of the law um, and why it's important for our lives um, today. I think as well, this ties into the questions about the cultural mandate, Christ's lordship over all things. Paul clearly says in Colossians 1 that Christ is reconciling all things to himself and that his redemptive purposes are are greater than just individual souls and that really um, cultural engagement, being salt and light in the world, in society, is is part of the Christian mission and the Christian task. And so we've got to be prepared to then engage on these things. We as Christians, as Paul says in 2 Corinthians, we're ministers of reconciliation. And Christ's purposes are reconciling all things to himself. So we all have a part to play where God's called us in proclaiming his kingship and his lordship and pursuing uh, the reconciliation of all things in the power of his spirit as his kingdom grows and extends. And again, going back to one of our previous episodes when we talked about the Ten Commandments, um, there was a question about how people will respond if we talk about the Ten Commandments and say that this is a good basis for our society. Um, Well, there are two possible outcomes here that I did mention then. One is verses 10 to 12 of Matthew 5, which says, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. And it goes on to say, when people insult you or persecute you or falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. That's one possible outcome. People will hate us because we're reflecting God and reflecting God's teaching. That's one possible thing. But, verse 16, if we're letting our light shine before others, they 
may see our good deeds and glorify our Father in heaven, because they might recognise the goodness and the wisdom of God's teaching and come to glorify our Father in heaven. Yep, certainly. And I think, I mean, there's multiple ways in which that, that's going to happen. And so we certainly need to be prepared for both as we challenge the world. But I think as the world is sort of believing a lie and is pursuing depravity, I think even in these areas where we think that the world is going to hate us, that actually people are going to see that that that, that need because the Christian faith um, and the worldview actually appeals to our longings as human beings. It was Augustine who said, um, my soul is restless until it finds its rest in you, in God. And so uh, the world, I think, is going to see our, our views on marriage, our, our practices in marriage, and they will be attracted to that. But obviously, throughout history and in recent years, we haven't been living that. And that might be because we've had a low view of the law. If we think about the ways we, we've tolerated sexual immorality, fornication, cohabitation, um, illegitimate divorce in our churches, we almost don't have a leg to stand on. But I think if we, if we look back to God's word, his law, his ways, his patterns, and we seek to live those lives, we seek holiness, then the world will actually be attracted to that. Yeah, it's those two things together, isn't it? It's that character, the character of those characteristics of mercy and being pure and being peacemakers and just and genuinely seeking that. We don't have an excuse not to be um, seeking that by the Spirit's help. Obviously, we all fall short, but we can truly be characterized by that if we're, if we're walking in step with the Spirit. But at the same time, upholding the law and teaching and living in an obedient way. If we put these things together, that is letting our light shine. Thanks for joining us this week on the In His Image podcast. We're going to be continuing to look at these themes and questions as we seek to be faithful witnesses uh, today. Uh, So join us next time on the In His Image podcast.